Hey, Zoe. Hey, Lo. How's it going today? So good. <laughs> I love our weekly episodes. I do too. It's just such a, such a good way to just pop in, connect, get inspired, mm-hmm. and also connect with each of you listening or watching because now we're on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And actually we are also on TikTok and we have a new Instagram account. We decided to just have fresh energy with everything. And basically what we're doing is really making the Loanzo show the center of the Loanzo verse, <laughs> if you will. And so if you're wanting little snippets of the Loanzo show, then check us out on TikTok and on our new Instagram. I'll link all those things below and, and Zoe will link them on our YouTube for you. Um, and yeah, they're just, I mean, little snippets of the low and Zoe show, which feels really, really fun. We're just, we're just growing this community because we love it so much. And, uh, so exciting, exciting new times <laughs> with the low and Zoe show. I mean, it feels like, yeah, like a, a whole new era of rebirth almost just in terms of our intentionality with this podcast, all of it just coming back to you know, what we get to share with you guys here. Cause this is truly the space where we feel the most able to just be authentic and connect with you guys. And I mean, I, it just still, after all these years means so much to me that I can share pieces of my life and have them be received by just the caliber of largely it's women, um, that do receive the low and Zosho and that listen episode after episode. So thank you guys. Yeah. And it's it's so beautiful to hear, read your responses and comments about how something that we shared really shifted things for you. And I think like the more open that we can be and sharing what's on our heart to share what we're presently navigating, we all see and hear and feel that we're not alone in whatever it is that we're moving through personally. And that's always been our intention is just like, sometimes it's not easy to be vulnerable and share from these places, but we do this to be of service. And uh, we're always so happy and grateful to hear from you guys. I honestly feel like in my own healing journey, if you will, being able to share in spaces, especially the Lo and Zoe show and have it be received has been such a gift for me. And I know for you as well, Zoe, because we've been provided with a community or, you know, surrounded by a community that values us being vulnerable, us being super authentic and sharing the things that we're moving through and getting feedback from people about how much that's appreciated, I think is something that, you know, a lot of people don't ever get to experience. So as much as we aim to serve everyone that's listening and provide value, um, you guys have been equally a part of our journey as well. And in our last episode, we talked about our biggest quantum leaps and we actually wanted to kind of like do something on sort of the other end of the spectrum and talk about some of the biggest things that we've overcome. And maybe this becomes like a series because (laughs) there's lots of different kind of themes around, you know, um, abandonment and worthiness and, um, self-doubt and, and things that in and of themselves are entire topics. But today we thought we'd start with one that I think, you know, everybody, deals with on some level, and that is rejection. And I know for me, this has been like the biggest thing that I've had to do work around and it show has shown up in almost every area of my life. And it's been a real journey in terms of what has helped me to not allow my fear of rejection to really run my life or to keep me from playing the game altogether. And I would love to know from you, Zoe, like, what is your relationship with rejection? Yeah. I mean, if I go to the root of it, the root of this lifetime on planet earth, it definitely stems from my mother wound. So my relationship with my mother and, uh, just for those of you who might not be familiar with more of my story or, um, where I've like come from, 
basically my mother had postpartum depression. So upon birth, she like energetically, I guess, like, or lovingly disconnected from me. And that was definitely felt. So, and through my journeys in plant medicine, where I've done a lot of healing around my mother womb, because she's not in my life, as in like, I couldn't, um, don't have the opportunity to have a, like a conscious conversation with her, or like healing conversations with her plant medicines really helped me in that journey. And what I've seen through and understood and healed through those opportunities and experiences is that it's been upon birth that I've, I've had this sort of imprint of rejection or a fear of rejection. It wasn't something that was, um, let's say one specific isolated incident for my mother. It started with my entry into planet earth. And then there were times in my childhood where I was abused by my mother or had some, um, unfavorable circumstances or situations in my life in which that just perpetuated or, or fed the wound or like imprinted it even deeper. So for me, from what I've come to understand through my healing journey, it started upon birth. How about yourself, Flo? Oh my gosh. I could <laughs> write a book on rejection and my journey through rejection, um, where it has shown up for me. I think for me, it was, it was, unlike Zoe, who has, you know, a very significant event or period of her life that created that kind of wound, if you will, for me, it was more like a subtle unfolding of a, a, a different number of things <laughs> that happened in my life. And a lot of them were in the areas of dating and relationships, or even just like having crushes as a little girl and being, you know, not chosen or being quote unquote rejected. And as I got older, it really became a fear of mine. And it kind of coupled, it went alongside my just insecurities around my body. That was something I really dealt with a lot of, uh, when I was younger and even still it follows me, but I have done a lot of work around it, but it was like from as, as a very young age, as long as I can remember, there was an importance in my mind on how I looked and a real desire to look a certain way. And if I, it was like a fear that I, that I wasn't pretty enough. Right. I mean, this is like textbook stuff. And so my fear of rejection was so often tied to like, oh, well, he just doesn't think that I'm pretty enough. And that was such a deep fear. And I think that, you know, it's really important for people to understand that these like wounds that we speak of, or these intense fears, they are often the result of, of trauma or times in our lives when we felt, felt the most alone, the most scared, the most vulnerable. And there's a reason that we resist them and that we actively take action often unconsciously to avoid the possibility of having them confirm for ourselves. So for me, I had this, what I believe to be a recurring theme of rejection. And when I say that, I mean that often we make stories or we make things happen in our life mean that we're being rejected or mean that we're being abandoned or mean that we're not worthy. So if we have from say the time that we're six years old, we have an experience where we were quote unquote, not chosen, or we were rejected. Now, as we go through our lives, we start to find other evidence for that happening. And we start to go, oh, well, you know, this person didn't text me back. It's because I'm not pretty enough or I'm being rejected again. Right. And so like we create these whole identities and whole storylines of our lives that a lot of the time aren't even true. <laughs> um, and I had a, several breakthroughs sort of towards the end of my twenties where 
if something didn't work out with someone that I was dating, I actually started asking why, because my mind wanted to immediately go to a place of rejection. And just in that I had so many, not so many, I had a, a couple of guys I was dating say like, this literally has nothing to do with you. Like that's actually not what's going on here. But before that, I never could have asked that question. That was way too scary to me. So there's just a lot of avoidance when it came to rejection. And even still, um, it is something that can come up, but I've done a lot of nervous system work around it. But I, if I felt like there was a possibility of rejection, I would just completely pull away from a situation altogether, regardless of like what area, but definitely dating was the biggest one, but it really did show up in my business as well. I mean, Zoe and I, you know, we're very vulnerable online. We launch courses and programs. There is just constant opportunity to feel like you're not being chosen. And if that's within you, it's definitely slowing you down in business, in love and relationships, you know, whatever it is, because we're looking at things that people are doing or not doing and filing them under the category of I'm being rejected, right? That person decided not to sign up for my course. I must not be good enough. And even though that's literally not what's going on, they might have a million personal reasons as to why they're not signing up right now. That's, that was kind of the theme in my life was like, it was so pretty much impossible for me not to make things mean that I was being rejected. And if there was a sliver of possibility there, then I'd be the one to pull away from, you know, let's say a, a relationship or someone that I was dating. So, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> not even the nutshell version of it, but it was for a very long time, something that drove who I was and how I operated and the spaces I allowed myself to be, to exist within or not, because if there was potential for rejection or what I perceived to be rejection, I didn't want to be there. It was too risky. Yeah. And what's so interesting about these wounds, the, the deeper ones, such as rejection or abandonment is that we, we create as many coping mechanisms as we can so that we don't have to feel those things. When in fact, we do need to feel rejection in order to heal rejection and mm -hmm. whatever is in the subconscious mind or stored in the body, the body is a subconscious mind like will be reflected back to us. It will continue to manifest in our external realities because the world, the universe, God, the divine, however you want to call it, is manifesting these things in our three-dimensional reality so that we have an opportunity to heal them. But what often happens, and especially when we're caught in unawareness, or like I can think about the past when I was um, in unawareness or in a lower level of consciousness, I just didn't want to touch that. I didn't even want to go there. I didn't want to feel that right? I would get triggered by rejection. I, there was probably a point in time where I had no idea what rejection really was, or that that's what was actually happening. And in those moments where the emotions would come up, I would push them back down. Mm -hmm. And in that pushing back down, those things get stored up in the body. And over time, as we are storing emotions versus releasing emotions and keeping our coping mechanisms up, suppressing how we're truly feeling. That's how we start to dysregulate our nervous system. And we experience things like anxiety and depression. And so it's quite interesting how most of us have lived our whole life, perhaps maybe up until this point, trying to create not feeling rejection or not feeling the sadness, the depth of those types of experiences. When in fact, if we just decide to open ourselves up a bit more to life and just feel what's there, that's our gateway into healing it. For me personally, I feel like I've, um, in the last three years of my life, really actually finally decided to heal rejection and what that looks like. And that has literally looked like me um, having events manifest in my external reality. For me, it's been like a largely just like 
uh, romantic relationships is where this, this occurs for me is having that those situations present themselves and then me actively deciding I'm going to just feel this through my entire body, however long it takes and surrendering to that, opening myself up to that. And that's how I've received huge breakthroughs, shifts, quantum leaps, if you will, in, in my own like journey of rejection. But in doing that, you integrate deeper levels of confidence. What would you say about that low about confidence as a result of allowing yourself to feel? Um, so what you're describing is so such a powerful practice and it, and it's intuitively a difficult thing to do. When I say intuitively, I mean, our instincts want to do the opposite, want to suppress, want to run away from. And for me, everything shifted when I understood why that was, which was the power of the nervous system. And as it relates to how we respond to our everyday lives. So essentially a, a fear of rejection to your nervous system, to your, your, you know, your body that's running on autopilot, it's running on instinct is a possibility of what it believes to be death or a very serious, you know, physical threat that is, so it can't distinguish your nervous system, which is keeping you alive all the time. Can't distinguish between an emotional threat and a physical threat. So when you are facing something that maybe is caused often caused from trauma or experiences in the past that really felt like life threatening to you, you're coming up against something in your, in your reality that feels like rejection and your nervous system is like, we actually don't know that we'll survive this. So we need to run away from it. And so in doing what Zoe is speaking to in terms of really just actually being with it, what we're doing is showing our, our body and our nervous system physically that it will in fact survive rejection, because that's the reason it's like, it's a physical response to an emotional threat. And so for me, I really started to, it's not that I, that I healed. I mean, I, I actually often stay away from that word personally, just because I never liked the idea that it in, insinuated that like something needed to be fixed before we could, you know, move on from it. I don't feel that I healed my fear of rejection. I feel that I neutralized it to the point that when it comes up, it doesn't overtake my whole being for sometimes days or even weeks at a time, which it used to. Now it's like, I might have a little bit of a response. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's half a day, but I know, and my body and my nervous system knows at this point that it is not a physical threat to my being that I will survive even the worst rejection. And so with that understanding came a decision to really start experiencing like what Zoe said rejection when it would come up in my life. And, um, it really kept me out of meaningful relationships for a long time or the kinds of relationships that I wanted, because if there, again, if there was a possibility of rejection there, I just would pull away or I would, I just had all kinds of walls up. I didn't let anybody really see me. Um, and when I met my now partner, I was really getting into this awareness. And what I did was not try and avoid rejection with him. I welcomed it fully and I actually would go to that place in my body whenever I was in my head, especially the first few months while we were, um, you know, just dating, I really went to like, well, if he ended it tomorrow, I'm going to show my body that I would physically survive that because of course I would. Right. And I actually just repeatedly got to a place where rejection was safe, that it was okay. It was physically safe for my body, my nervous system, my mind to experience rejection. And now it didn't need to be something that I 
ran away from. Um, it also helps like he's a partner who understands this about me and he'll even say like, you know, I'm not rejecting you right now. <laughs> That's not what's happening if we're getting into something. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the work that I did. So instead of sabotaging or energetically closing myself off, I repeatedly became okay with the possibility of him just up and changing his mind. And as a result, I could stay in this space where it was safe to keep being vulnerable with him. It was, it was okay, regardless of how it went, because no matter what I would physically survive it. And that distinction for me was the difference in no longer running away from the possibility of rejection or trying to override the part of me that was fearful of that. Cause that's what we do a lot of the time, especially in the world of manifestation, we try and outthink our nervous system responses and our stress responses. And we can't, we cannot do it. We try to think like, Oh, I'm, I have a fear of rejection. I need to just become super confident. And then I won't feel a fear of rejection anymore. And it doesn't work because it's, it's chemical it's within the body. Right. So I don't know if that answered your question. Sorry. So, uh, sorry, Zoe, but what you're explaining, I just wanted to kind of explain from like a sciencey perspective. Cause that was, that changed my whole life that allowed in the relationship I'd always been imagining. Um, and it really shifted things for me in business as well, because now there wasn't anything to run from or hide from. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That I had asked you about like the confidence that you start to embody and, and what I mm. believe that is what happens is that when you allow yourself to feel your emotions, when you allow yourself to regulate your nervous system, bring things into neutrality for yourself, it's exactly what you just explained. Like, for example, in your relationship where you no longer run from these things, you actually have the confidence within yourself, within your being to move towards the scary things, right? To put mm -hmm. yourself out there a little bit more, to be a bit more vulnerable. And it's like, I don't even know if like confidence is the right word, but I think this is the one that most people can relate to, but it's, it's a bravery. It's a courage that yeah. just is fully integrated when you allow yourself to do this deep work, to feel the scary things and see that you're alive on the other side, right? Feel the scary, overwhelming emotions that seem to take over your whole body and you release them. And then you can move forward, just feeling all the more liberated and spacious yeah. and, and expansive. It's, it's confidence, but more than that, it's personal power. It's like you are cultivating the ability to no longer give your power away to external circumstances. So if it's in business, for example, I have conversations with clients who are like, I did this thing and it really didn't make me feel good. And I don't want to do that again. And I was like, but if we're always running from what we don't want to feel in our business, everything has power over us because we can't control, you know, I woke up this morning and somebody had commented on something I had said and just was, it was like, I'm like, I have a freebie for you. And they go, it's not free. It, you're trying to get a lead. Right. <laughs> and I sat with that for a little while because I'm like, oh, okay. Like I can't even, whatever, I'm not even going to address this. Um, but it's like, if that a few years ago, that actually would have really like hit me. And then I would be like, well, maybe I shouldn't tell people that I have this freebie for them, which is by the way, free. You just gotta, I gotta email it to you. So anyways, um, <laughs> so that's okay. I'm, I'm going to keep putting this out there to more people with the possibility of getting more comments like that. And it's safe. So I have power over any external circumstances. Of course, that's a really minor example. Whereas if you have that experience and your nervous system is like, Oh, this person is mad at you. That's not safe. You're a people pleaser. That's how you survive. Now you're going to be like, well, I guess I got to find a business model that allows me to not do that. And you're just like constantly catering to your external circumstances. So the confidence comes from this place of like, I am more powerful. I have control over 
my response to things because I've, I've taught my body that I, I'm willing to go to that place. If it comes up, it's not something I need to avoid. And therefore it's like, it's your ultimate power to cultivate the ability to have things like that happen and not go into a day long or week long stress response as a result. And the only way there is to actually go into those emotions and feel what there is there. Right. Yeah, exactly. The only way out is through. And through, through it can feel like the scariest thing, right? Because we live inside as much as it feels like we live in this external reality, our, our internal world is where it's at. We must shift and change and transform the internal reality to see and experience and receive the results in the external reality. The only way out is through the only way to not feel the intensity or the deep fear of rejection and to start to embody more of this bravery, this courage is to feel those feelings. And I just want to validate anyone else out there who might be currently navigating this type of wound or these depth of emotions is that when these emotions come up, it can overwhelm your entire system, right? Like low spoken to, to the nervous system. It can literally feel like you are dying. Like you're not going to survive. Like all these alarms are going off inside and it can feel like crippling. I, in my past, I've experienced crippling anxiety. It's the point where I couldn't get out of bed or I couldn't get off the couch because I couldn't understand what was happening in my body. I knew that I was experiencing, let's say a trigger by like a romantic situation or partner or something, but I didn't understand the the science behind it. I didn't understand the deeper connection that my body was longing for, or asking for, or that was available to me if I just decided to move through the emotions. And one thing Lo and I, we often speak to is the, the messaging that's kind of out there in the law of attraction world, which yeah. we've spoken into many times of like, for those of us who are perhaps brought up um, absorbing that type of content and really taking it in as gospel, when I would have these anxiety attacks or even like panic attacks or just in it's feeling an intense emotion um, that happened as a result of the rejection trigger, I would, I would just freeze up and do my best to shove that stuff back into my body, which was the absolute worst thing that I could do, but I just didn't know. I was in unawareness about it. Yes. And this part is so important because not only is it uh, instinctually backwards to be like, I'm going to dive into this thing that is terrifying my whole being because you're literally programmed to run right fight or flight. Like when those emotions come up or that possibility, um, that danger, if you will, comes up, you want to run away from it. You want to find ways to not feel that anymore. That's why we distract ourselves. That's why we go on shopping sprees. That's why, you know, a lot of the time. That's why we do whatever we can. And especially if you're aware of mindset work, you're like, okay, I'll think a thought that doesn't feel like this. Right. And so it takes an extraordinary amount of awareness to in that moment, say, instead of doing the thing that my whole being is trying to convince me to do right now, I'm going to actually dive into it. And so if you can even get to that point, then there's this whole other layer to it that Zoe is speaking to, which is that if you've been in the world of manifestation for a while and you've, you know, read the books, listen to the podcasts, whatever, there's a whole set of beliefs that go with it that say, it's not safe to feel those emotions because you'll create things that you don't want. And to that, what I always say is like, there's immense power in emotion or sorry, in intention. So if I'm experiencing an emotion of my desired future with the intention that that feeling into it 
is creating it in the quantum field is moving me towards it, then it will. If I'm feeling that emotion with the intention of releasing it from my body, allowing myself to feel it in order to heal it, that's going to be my experience. So we want to actually really start changing our story that we have around our emotions. And I have fallen into two different periods in my life that were extremely hard, that were largely caused by a fear of my own thoughts and my own emotions because of the the messaging that's out there in the manifestation world that said, if you feel anxious, you're going to attract to you bad things. And it's taken a lot to undo that. It still sometimes pops up for me, but it's, it's really taken a lot to change that narrative to like feeling it is good, feeling it with the intention of honoring that part of myself, because here's the thing we feel rejected. And then in deciding not to visit that part of us, we're rejecting ourselves further. We're like, Oh, I'm in the version of low today that is feeling rejected. I don't like her. She creates bad things. I'm going to run. And she's, you're just like, you're it, it's, it has to catch up with you at, at one point or another. And for me, for quite a while, I was able to really manifest on top of all that going on until I got to a place where I was like, okay, universe, I'm ready for like quantum quantum level manifesting. And it was like, all right, but we're going to make it impossible for you to continue ignoring or continue on with this, um, you know, path that you're on that is having you largely just be an avoidance of these things. And so with that, like, I wish I had had that awareness earlier. And that's why we, we speak to it so much of like, the emotions are not, they're not dangerous. <laughs> they are a gift. And the faster that we can decide to feel into them and especially feel into the situations that brought them up in us, the faster we get to release it, release those emotions, um, or just have them no longer have that intense power over us. And then create beyond that really like blow past that glass ceiling. But it's crazy how many of us are out there trying to manifest from a place of avoidance of like, I'll manifest the love of my life so that I never have to look at the fact that for the, the last 30 years, I have felt like I'm not good enough and it, it's not going to work. You're going to, wherever you go, there you are. You're going to bring it into the relationship, even if you're able to manifest it. Yeah. And let's talk about avoidance for a minute, just to bring some more awareness to this, because for yeah. me personally, the way that I would avoid rejection abandonment was, you know, for me, like I said, this has very much been something that I've just seen clearly in my life in romantic relationships and partnerships. And I've been single for, for quite some time now. And I noticed that I avoided dating. I avoided putting myself out there at all because I just, I was afraid of my own emotions and I was afraid of my own mind. Like you said, like this fear of your own thoughts, because I recognized that like, as soon as I started to develop feelings for someone, all of a sudden this felt like unsafe territory where I didn't have the same control that I had over my career, over like my YouTube channel, over like the, my life, right. It felt like this one area where it was like, that's the scary place. So I'm not even going to go there. And my yeah. avoidance for me looked like working, um, a lot and being obsessed with productivity. And honestly, I, I have been a workaholic in my life to the point where there has been times where I just majorly disconnected from my body. Like, let's say when I was talking about suppressing emotions, where I would get triggered, let's say in that, in that area of having a feelings for someone. And then I would just throw myself into work or throw myself into a project because it distracted me from feeling anything at all. Um, and then other avoidance, like besides not, not dating at all and, and working a lot. Um, also for me at one point in my life looked like just booking trips and travel. It was not understanding that wherever you go, there you are. I had this idea that if I could just change my environment, it would all be okay. If I could just like 
you know, I love travel. Now I have like a, a very different, um, beautiful foundational relation, strong foundational relationship with travel where I'm not escaping myself, but that's what I was doing. I was so afraid of rejection and abandonment and romantic relationships that I was either working or getting on a, a plane or planning a trip somewhere in order to not feel anything that felt uncomfortable in those areas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is like such a powerful, um, just thing to bring light to. I don't know if we've ever really talked about this on the Mm -hmm. Lonzo show. Um, but you know, if you start to look at this is actually in our last episode, we talked about obviously quantum creation and really allowing for big things to unfold in our life. And the number one reason people struggle to manifest is because we get too involved in the how. And the number one reason we get too involved in the how is because we're trying to avoid or control out of a desire to to not have to have anything happen that we don't want to happen. Like, like I have had um, clients who are in a launch or going into a launch and they say, I just really want someone to sign up in the first hour right? Even though it's like a two week launch, they're like, I really want someone to sign up in the first hour. And the reason for that is because if someone signs up in the first hour, they're going to let that be permission to feel safe. So there's this need to control. And I'm like, well, what if no one signs up for the first 13 days and on the 14th, a hundred people sign up and it changes your life. Right. But to get to a place where you could be okay for 13 whole days is a lot of the work that we are talking about right here. Um, and so we give our power, we need to control the, how we're dating someone new. We're like, I just need him to respond to each of my texts within two hours. And if not, I start to like write, you know, narratives in my head of doomsday and he doesn't like me anymore. And now I'm going to start closing myself off. And so we really have a a hard time allowing for the unfolding or letting go of the how, because there's such an instinctual need to control it so that we don't have to potentially have those areas of ourselves brought to light, have those, those potential threats of rejection, of abandonment, unworthiness, or whatever it is, um, show themselves because they don't feel good. They're things that, like we said, are a threat to our survival. So we're going to do whatever we can. And then people are like, how come it's, how come manifestation isn't working? It's like, it's not that it's not working, but we really got to get out of the way and getting out of the way means this work and it's not comfortable, but it is liberating AF. (laughs) It's liberating and it creates the spaciousness for your desires to come in, right? Like if we think about the subconscious mind being the body, the body being the subconscious mind, when we regulate our nervous systems, when we release these emotions, we're actually creating space in our vessels to welcome in, to receive, to be able to hold on to the things that we create, right? Such as let's say the romantic partner, or let's say the money, or let's say the business. Oftentimes people can create things, but they, like we hear oftentimes in this, in this world of manifestation, we hear about the people who win the lottery and then they lose it all, right? We hear these types of stories or people come into a lot of money and then they lose it all. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have not regulated their systems to hold this, or they've Mm -hmm. not actually created the space to hold it. So what I like to think about in my own mind is that when I'm releasing really intense emotions, wow, Zoe, I love you so much. You're creating so much space. Like, I wonder what's going to come in on the other side of you just crying this out for a day or two, right? (laughs) Or like you crying this out for five minutes or an hour, like whatever that looks like, right? Or whatever emotions, sometimes anger needs to be released and things like that. But I always remind myself, I always come back to that awareness of you're actually creating a lot of space for everything that you've been intending for. All of those intentions, big or small, you're welcoming them in each time that you fully allow yourself and give yourself the gift of freedom to feel, 
And then again, reminding myself that each time that I do create this space, I become the person who gets to have these things for, for my life, right? Like, it's not like I get to be the per like if I'm speaking to Zoe herself right now, being a digital nomad, it's like, I'm creating space to like, continue to live this life, right? There was a point in time where I was sitting in a nine to five job and I just would watch YouTube videos dreaming of like being outside of the office and, and traveling the world. Now I literally am that person who just does that, right? But I had to create space for that to become the new identity for it to allow in all of those manifested intentions. And, mm -hmm. you know, right now, for example, and I've, I've got intentions set out for my divine masculine King, my, my life partner. And so whenever I feel deep emotions now, sometimes I remind myself, oh, you're actually creating space for that person to come in. And the more emotionally available you are and aware of yourself, the more emotionally available and aware is that person that you will attract your counterpart. Yeah. And this work, I mean, I am quite obsessed with my relationship. <laughs> my boyfriend and I talk about it all the time. Um, and I sometimes recognize um, parts of myself that are getting triggered. It's very, we don't really argue. Like it's, there's very little conflict, if any. Conflict is even too strong a word, to be honest. Um, but I recognize when something comes up that I want to like, I, I want to make him wrong for, or like, I see who I become in those triggers from past experiences. And I'm like, I am so glad that I have awareness of this and it doesn't mean that it never comes up, but it's like, I take full responsibility when it does. Um, and I'm just so glad that he doesn't see that version of me anymore that used to have all kinds of walls up that would be you know, just very defensive. I was very defensive. Um, we take these triggers, especially into our relationships with other people, especially romantic relationships. We make them wrong for like, you know, something that happened to us in the past and we have no awareness of this. So it, I find human psychology so interesting. And one of my favorite shows is love is blind. And the reason is that the human psychology of it all is so interesting to me. People meet in these pods and they can't see each other. And they just, they're so filled with love because they don't, there's nothing to defend. They, they don't, their insecurities aren't coming up. They're not in their stories of rejection or whatever it is. And so all these couples inside of like 10 days get engaged and like totally fall in love. And then what happens is when they leave, all of these walls start going up, these triggers start coming in. They start making each other wrong. That part of themselves that isn't like, we are not our trauma, but our trauma can really run our lives and dictate who we are for other people if we don't have any awareness around it. And so it's just, you know, the best work that we could do for ourselves, um, especially if you're wanting to manifest, because here's the thing, you can manifest with these things going on. You can, I did it. I had a multiple six figure business on top of a whole bunch of fear of rejection, but it was completely unsustainable because the reason I was able to create what I had, even though I hadn't done this, this deeper work to take responsibility for these things, to release this fear or, you know, gain power over it, if you will, is because I had used external circumstances to temporarily fill in the Swiss cheese holes, if you will. <laughs> Sometimes like the metaphor Zoe and I use, it's like, if we're just a piece of Swiss cheese and we've got all these holes and we're like, I would like 
a $10,000 a month so that I can feel like I'm successful. And I would like this person to text me so that I can feel like I'm worthy. And I would like him to tell me that I'm beautiful so that I can feel like I'm loved, blah, blah, blah. And we might temporarily get some of those things and we feel really good, right? That was me and my business for a long time. I felt so confident, so whole and complete, so able to call in whatever I wanted but it was shaky to say the very least, because as soon as some of those things started to drop off for circumstances around the pandemic and just things I was going through there, I, it all just crumbled. Like my ability to have the, the business work for an example was based on me manifesting external circumstances that filled in the holes. I wasn't willing to fill in myself. Right. And the same thing happens in relationships. We talk about the, um, honeymoon phase and the honeymoon phase in my mind is mostly the, the short period of time in the very beginning where the other person is filling in all of your holes. And you're like, I feel so good around this person. I love them. But then, you know, six months goes on and it's no longer their full-time job to tell you how much they love you or that you're beautiful all the time. And now you're like, I don't feel as good around you. I don't feel as whole as you once made me feel like what's happening here. We're no longer in the honeymoon phase. And my boyfriend and I talk all the time about how we don't like, like we're, it's more of a honeymoon phase for me now than it was a year ago, like a thousand percent, because there isn't that need to get those things from him because I did that work before we met. And so as a result, we both shower each other all the time, you know, but same thing with, with, with business. So you can bypass some of this work, but only for so long. And whatever it is that you do manifest or build for yourself, it, um, it's probably not going to (laughs) last. Yeah. So again, just that, just going to plop that little reminder here. The only way out is through tend to your own needs, feel your own emotions. It's safe to do so, even though it, it's literally the scariest thing we can do on planet earth, right? Because it is like fully facing our internal reality, our deepest fears within ourselves. When we allow these emotions to pass up and out and through but just like, remember this, remember this, keep this in your awareness for the next time that you're feeling an overwhelming emotion, that everything that you desire is on the other side of that. Perhaps it's a relationship similar to Lowe's where it's just like honeymoon phase through and through just feeling better than ever. And like the universe always wants to give us better than we could ever imagine. So remember that like each time that you're processing something that feels very scary, is that better than you could ever imagine abundance wise, freedom wise is on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I hope you guys liked this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to, um, throw in there, Zoe? No, just again, guys, it's safe to feel you're welcome to feel, don't be afraid. You can still manifest big things. (laughs) Well, exactly. And, uh, we talk about that a little bit, by the way, in our, um, masterclass, which we'll link down below for you guys that you can be human and create quantum leaps. And we're living proof of that. Um, you know, we didn't really talk about quantum manifesting, but this is all, like we said in our last episode, it's all within context of when you are a quantum creator of your life, you get to be human. You get to feel these things. And we're really on a mission to shift this narrative and shift the way people approach mindset work and approach energy work and approach the, the, you know, um, process of quantum creating their life, (laughs) consciously creating their life. So check that out if you guys are interested and love you. Thanks for being (laughs) here. (laughs) See you next week. Thank you guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning in to The Low and Zo Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant.